Hello and welcome to the Keen on Things podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Keen, with the sleepiest 30 minutes of show business, the best 30 minutes of sleep in show business. That's better. The best 30 minutes of sleep in show business. Uh, yeah, I'm your host, Patrick Keen. Unfortunately for you, <laughs> these episodes, guys, are brought to you by Script Pipeline. Okay, Script Pipeline, two words discovers, develops, promotes film and TV writers, helping them get repped and connected with the industry. Um, you can do submissions if you've got a body of work, submissions for review, coverage, and give you notes. You pay for that, obviously. Um, and they also have competitions. You submit, and uh, finalists, not just winners, finalists and winners, of course, they have their work looked at by people in the business you know pa production assistants i'm kidding i'm kidding hair and makeup wardrobe people look i'm kidding i'm kidding agents managers people in development executives writers producers all in touch with this company script pipeline they've been there a long time they've established a lot of connections in a very rapidly changing business and have quite a network that they can reach out to with your work. Um, they get you exposure, right? They secure deals, acquire representation, which is huge. They get projects sold. Script Pipeline is joined by Film Pipeline, Book Pipeline, and Pipe Pipeline Artists, and is a new platform to educate and inspire emerging creatives, branching out. Guys, they are the link. I'm not just going to advertise... Stuff I don't like. I should adver advertise dude wipes because I've been using those. Are great little wet napkins that you you know you, you're not at home. You, you know you're you're taking care of business and uh, you pull a little dude wipe out of the pocket. It helps you know keep things clean um, down below. Anyway, I like to interrupt one ad with another ad. That's how this podcast. I just interrupt ads with other ads. We just did a commercial within a commercial. Okay. So I, I only want to do products that I'm really behind, um, you know, that I can get behind, that I care about, right? Why waste time with the fake stuff? Uh, also, Coca-Cola, you guys. No, I'm kidding. McDonald's. Okay. Starbucks. Uh, Starbucks. Yeah, I do a little Starbucks. I don't do the Coca-Cola or the McDonald's. Wow. We're still in, in, and you know what? We're still in the middle of the script pipeline ad. What is this podcast? What are you doing? listening to this all right guys script pipeline they are the link pipeline right you don't need to move to hollywood to follow this dream like i did right where was this company in 2000 i would have never needed to move to la I, I didn't even need to come back to the country i was in korea i had the best job in the world literally and but i was like i had this dream i could have done that job for 20 years 30 years and then uh made my life you know overseas and in asia wherever and submitted scripts and been exactly where I am today. And, and more creative, you know, you're outside of the, you know, the spectrum. So you're not like hung up and experiencing resistance because you get caught up in the wrong things. You're out there free, free sailing, man. And your ideas are flowing and that's where the best stuff gets done. And you can submit better work and let these people handle it at Script Pipeline, right? I could have stayed living abroad. These people wanted to settle. This company is such a good idea. I Look, I know the guys who run it. They're legit. Chad, Matt. All right, one of them's from Chicago, for crying out loud. He's even produced a couple films. I've worked on a movie with him. 
Six weeks. Guys, we're in Kenny Bunk. Six weeks. In October. October 1st, a lot different weather-wise than October 31st in Maine. Let me tell you. Okay, script pipeline. The readers there give really good coverage of your project. All they do is read scripts. All this thing does is eat and kill. When they're talking about Jaws. Um, See, all they do is read scripts. They can bring structure. They can, you know, punch up your plot lines, help you build a nice core, a foundation, and help you flush out characters and storylines, right? I've gotten amazing notes back from them on every project I've submitted. I've done coverage for them myself. Um, There are great scripts submitted that you read and analyze and recommend, and there's some shite out there. But it deserves a read if someone's done the work and submitted, right? So what a great tool this service is. And you know what? I always love the word pipeline. USC in Southern California, downtown Los Angeles, they have a pipeline in Southern Cal like you people wouldn't believe. UCLA has an amazing pipeline Um, in show business, especially both schools, USC, UCLA and show business, but UCLA, especially in show business. Uh, If you go to a big 10 school, you graduate, Chicago is the city for you afterwards. The networking, I mean, if you want. It's just there. I mean, Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, these alumni, Indiana. Um, it's kind of like what I'm trying to do for my former high school where I went, my alma mater. I'm trying to strengthen that that fan that fan base, that uh, alumni base in the Southern California area and beyond. You know, obviously primaries, primarily SoCal, but worldwide, it's a reality. Harvard and the National Lampoon, they are the mafia that's unreal with writing jobs in show business. You know, you wouldn't think it, right? Serious people, smart people, uh, these writing staffs all over. You know, you can talk about diversity hires all you want, but so many of these staffs have a, have a Harvard person or two. Uh, you know, you wouldn't think that a bunch of valedictorians would be into comedy, but it appears so. Rarely is your valedictorian also the class's most humorous. Hopefully I can get to that someday. I was so happy in high school when... Uh, Tommy Casey, one of my friends, got voted funny. It got he got voted class clown because I was like, my parents are going to kill me if they know what I'm doing with the money. You know, they're spending a lot of money for me to go to this school, and class clown just doesn't look good. Plus, I didn't think it's appropriate. I think most humorous is a nice thing. That's what they gave me in grade school. Um, but class clown made it sound like, <laughs> but he is he's hilarious. And Casey, I think, was with him in that, and she's hilarious too. But class clown, I don't think that's enough respect. I identify as most humorous. <laughs> so, here we go, right? It gets to all of us. So, um, yeah, these Harvard grads, it's the writing jobs they get. not the stand-up. Com- they're not the stand-up comic or the comedic actor, I'll tell you that. Harvard peeps are too smart to put themselves through that kind of uh, torture. Trial and error, you know. Be smart. Do the work on a computer, right? Do the work on a computer. Uh where, where I left off somewhere. Yeah. Do the work on a computer uh, at a desk in the comfort of your own home or office. Do not have, uh, don't go to a club or theater every night and expose yourself like comics and comedic actors and all this stuff have to do. Um, if I ever have children, the one goal is that they don't become a stand-up comic. It's kind of like a boxer type thing. So these pipelines make it easier for people to get work, right? To get experience, to at least see what it's all about. And that's something I didn't have. It took me so long to see the town for what it was and is and the business. And, you know, a lot more to learn, of course. But uh, a lot of it could have been figured out 
in a much shorter period of time. You know, where do you want to put your emphasis? In stand-up? In writing? What kind of writing? Sketch? Commercial? TV? Film? Blog? All are different. Okay? You don't want to take forever in deciding. It took me a long time. You can jump around, do a little bit of each, but your revenue has to come from somewhere. So, and, and that's something I ignored. Um, you want to be building a craft, a body of work. You don't want to be shitty at 20 different things. Get specific on some of this. Okay. Um, where are we here on time? Are we? Oh, my God. We're eight minutes in. Okay. We're just starting here. Uh, okay. I was in San Diego this weekend doing shows. San Diego and Phoenix. I mean, there's like five or six clubs now in these cities. And I think they're literally the sixth and seventh largest, maybe the fifth and sixth largest cities in America. Um. So I was doing shows with the great, and I mean great, Chad Daniels. Amazing comic, amazing fella, father of two. The club was the American Comedy Company downtown. Weirdly, I haven't spent a lot of time downtown San Diego. San Diego, I've been down there a ton, but not a lot in downtown. Like, I still had to, you know, use navigation on my phone. Um, Even though everything was walking distance, it was great. Uh, I was on a cruise ship once, and we parked in San Diego, and I got off and just took the trolley. Even though I've been there a hundred times, I, I I just love it. Okay, and it wasn't easy as a kid. East San Diego is where my brother was, kind of in these homes, you know, living special needs situations are rough. San Diego is like L.A. in that it's really spread out. It's like a few different cities. Uh, the stadium in San Diego isn't anywhere near downtown. It's near SDSU. You have three colleges that are kind of a triangle, probably more of a straight line, actually. Scalene triangle, if anything. USD, UCSD, and SDSU. USD is closest to downtown, I think. Um, all the living I've done in SoCal, all the travel, I've never been through San Diego Airport. Not crazy? It's it's not that crazy, but it's in my own personal brain. It's like, that's a crazy thing, um, if you know me. Even if you know me, it's not interesting. Okay, there's one. There's an airport in Tijuana as well. My uncle and aunt use uh, San Diego Airport is near downtown. It is weird. It's like somehow stayed nice and small and tucked away in that little downtown. It's really nice. I hope that doesn't get blown out in the next 20, 30 years. I can't imagine it won't be, though. You're going to put some high-rises up, right? So anyway, American Comedy Company, San Diego, down there. Um, was it on 5th or 6th Street or off one? Great club, great crowds. Intimate setting. Nice purple town. LA is blue. OC is red, even though OC did go blue in the last election, weirdly. But for the most part, LA is blue. OC, especially South OC, is red. SD is purple. Good mix. Goldilocks would have picked San Diego over L.A. and Orange County. Good porridge. Intimate club. That's what I wanted to talk about in this episode is room energy. I almost titled this episode Room Energy, and then I talk about San Diego and this club so much. I'm just making that the title. But energy of the room. Um, Clubs, comedy clubs vary, right? Meeting rooms vary where you have meetings. Meetings don't have a specific desired response. You can kind of fake it and you kind of not know how it's going to go. We'll talk later. Um, So that doesn't matter as much, but the layout still matters. Seating, stuff like that, where people are going to sit, types of chair, uh, positioning, um, stuff like that. So stages um, 
very theaters, movie theater. There was a theater, I think it was Los Feliz Three, where one of the, it was they have three theaters there, and one theater was like it only had two rows or three, and the screen was a square, and it's like right up against your face. Uh, I don't know. I didn't love that room, but uh, there was another one they had. It was like a shoebox. It was fantastic. Um, I love movie theaters. You know, when you do the road, you really get caught up on the on movies because you just you have time to kill. And uh, I don't know the last movie theater I was in. Definitely before pandemic. There's just too few movies I'm interested in anymore in seeing, which is a shame because that's why I, that was my favorite. That was the dream when I got into this whole business was film, writing movies. And maybe I should have stayed with that. And I could be writing them and they could be like low budget, like Woody Allen, Noah Baumbach stuff. Um, you know, because that's what's like, my God, we need more of that. I mean, these American movies now are so grossly overproduced. It's embarrassing, right? The scenes, it's just so uh, gratuitous with... I almost feel like we should throw popcorn at the screen when we see the bad guy because they keep trying to make him badder. Dun, 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 dun. The characters are all prototype cyborgs. Like every one of them is playing characters 10 and 20 years younger because they in real life can afford trainers and dietitians and the best plastic surgeons. And it's just so noticeable and hairlines and plants. And I'm like, can we just get some unknowns in here? Um, you know, I can't get invested with some of these plot lines it's just over overly done right the scenes go on too long they don't trust the audience to get subtlety they don't trust them to, to get pick up on things um even though i think people know the heroes have to be it has to be really clear no room for sharing the ball you know it has to be one hero and then a sidekick everyone makes fun of and then the bad guy you know no fluidity i mean gene hackman man he played Lex Luthor and Superman, and you loved him. You loved him and you hate him. Apollo Creed in the Rocky movies, my favorite uh, antagonist of all time. Belloc in Raiders of the Lost Ark, fantastic antagonist. Cape Fear, Robert De Niro, but that movie was made for De Niro. That was made for him to play. Like, that's where the director, it was Scorsese, his focus was to make him the hero. So I, I kind of don't count that because that was his movie. Um, I'll watch a lot of foreign films. Because they still have humanness to them. And they, they don't insult your intelligence. Uh, I'll watch Netflix, but only a couple shows. And even those shows are Spanish or Japanese. I like Ozark. I'll, I watch that. Better Call Saul. Or documentaries. Uh, but movies, man. It's just not really happening. The superhero, superhero stuff I can't do. But I'm also going to be 50 at the end of this year. So... And I could never really do it anyway. A little comic book stuff back in the day, but not so much. Uh, I think I read Indiana Jones uh, comic books, and that was even after I saw the movie, so that kind of wasn't really... Uh, I saw Indiana Jones five times in the theaters when I was a kid. 82, 81? Uh, it was unreal. And I got to thank my dad for that one and mom. I think they let me go back a few times. So um, the layout of the room in San Diego American Comedy Company down there, uh, they do great artwork too with all the comics. They do a different little kind of poster. And they put it up and it's really fun. Hip, uh, low ceilings, which I love. Great acoustics, which I love. Very important, especially if you're a cerebral act to have those acoustics, having people hang on every syllable. Uh, the stage is in a corner of the room. The green room goes directly to the stage, which is beautiful and nice. 
and wonderful. There's a separate bathroom for the green room, which is great. Nothing worse than performing. And then you go to the bathroom after your set, your show, you're part of the show. And you see other people in the bathroom and you're stuck in there for a few minutes with that energy hanging in there. Because it's like, hey, man, good stuff. Oh, thanks, brother. Oh, yeah, I love it, man. Yeah. Separate bathrooms. Um, the only thing at this club, the only, you have to walk through the crowd to get to the green room. So, you know, you don't, people start showing up 45 minutes early or 30 minutes early. They're already seated. Comics show up maybe 15 minutes before the show, 10. There's already people seated. You kind of got to walk through them. That's fine. Small, small price to pay for such a great club. Uh, amazing staff too. I was blown away. Like people were, it was like, you know, Lakers in 85, Celtics 86. I mean, synergy, man. Uh, flow. They all had their different tasks. Like, Hey, we need that picture guys. After each show, we need that picture post social media. Okay. You're taking care of in the green room, all this stuff. All right. I'm getting blown up here. Text. Uh, it's a basement, which is excellent. Again, acoustics comedy needs audible laughter. People need to not see each other but they do need to hear each other and they need to hear each other laughing. Laughing in anonymity is what helps with these comedy clubs. The Laugh Factory in San Diego is another great basement room. Um, I think it's got couches. Um, those are the rooms I like. Tight rooms where you can't get away. Tight physically, not, not uh, uptight audiences. Tight rooms, who likes that? Why would I say that? Well, just say that. Okay, tight rooms where you uh, can't get away with just being loud and big. Love the cerebral stuff. The room where Seinfeld, the show, started. The first half of that show, the first, like, the opening intro, he'd have a joke for about the first half of the run of that show. About season four, five, six, seven, eight, whatever, they stopped doing that and just went right into the episode, which is great, too. But in the early years, he would do stand-up, and then you'd kind of expound uh, upon whatever he was talking about in that episode. That's what I was anticipating all clubs to be. That's how many of them were in the 80s and 90s. Uh, I don't really like the full-service places with huge menus. It's just too much, right? Um, I know I talk about my two favorites in Comedy on State in Madison and Acme in Minneapolis. I know I talk about those two are my favorite. I also love Columbus Funny Bone. Uh, Peoria, Illinois has the Comedy Jukebox, which is a great club with a basement feel, not a basement, two hours south of Chicago, where Pryor, Richard Pryor's from, Sam Kinison as well. Hilarities in Cleveland downstairs, excellent. Love Hilarities. I don't mention that one enough. Omaha Funny Bone's fantastic. Colleen does a bang up. Um, I always miss some. Oh, my God, Go Bananas in Cincy. I love it, North Cincy. One of my favorites, one of my first clubs I ever did. I loved Wiley's in Dayton, in down DTD, downtown Dayton. Um, I loved it. I think it's something else. Morty's. They had Morty's in Indy, Annapolis for a while. I don't know what happened with that. I did like those other rooms in Indy, the Crackers. I liked the layout of those rooms. Over the years that I was working at, by the time, I think they closed one. I don't know that. I necessarily liked how the shows were run, but I did like the layouts of those rooms. They could be intimate. Um, Hilarities is excellent. Well run. Decent people. You know, that club's nice. They have a Cleveland Improv, too. They have a second club that has a bad rap. I, I won't say... It, make decent people laugh. Okay? 
And that's what I liked about hilarities in Cleveland. Decent people. When did some of these comedy clubs take so much pride in being an unprofessional shithole? Like a dump with employees who smell like weed, who don't care, who like aren't communicative with the audience. Right? Weed is not making any friends when you're doing that. That's what's going to get people to hate you and, and make laws against it. All right, get, get like have it inside you, not coming off your face and nostrils and breath. Same with any cigarettes, right? Tobacco cigarettes. Clean it up. Have hand soap clubs. Hey, comedy clubs, have hand soap and paper. Right? Paper to wipe your hand or working hand dryer in your bathroom. It's not cute. Yeah, man. Isn't that cool? Like, we just don't give a rip. All right. Clean it up. I remember one club. I'm not I'm not going to say the name of it in North Hollywood because I do like them now. We're on good terms. But it was that old little soap left. So let's maximize that by putting water in it, shaking it up, and that's our hand soap. Get a new thing. You, it's a public business. You want to do that, go personally. And do that at home with the, with the just millimeter left of soap so you, you drag it out so it'll reach the straw. Come on. Keep that at home. And you know what? The place I was at, it was shampoo, too. It wasn't even hand soap. Oh, my God. Um, so, yeah, Cleveland. Hilarities is great. Cleveland improv gets a bad rap. If you ever see me on the street or whatever, where we're talking, you have to ask me about what Miss Pat said about the Cleveland improv. Hilarities is amazing, but I've never heard anything good about the Cleveland improv. I pride myself on never having been booked there. I posted that once. Um, but I can't say on a broadcast of any sort how she described the Cleveland Improv, but it was just so funny because I'd heard rumors and I was like, I'll check with her because she can play any room and destroy. So she's, she's the opposite of what I was talking about earlier, how you need the specific, cause she'll just go destroy. She doesn't care. She's one of my favorite comics, but you have to see her live. You have to see Miss Pat live. Some comics you have to see live. I don't care what the album's like. Seeing them live is, is unbelievable. Comic like her. Uh, it doesn't matter what kind of arena she's in, but she had some choice words for that club. She does not hold back. Um, okay, we got about eight minutes. Let's see. Uh, for me, for myself, my style, I, I don't know. I guess I could be big. I can be a big act. Maria Bamford, Tig, Todd Berry, Maria. Um, Maria um, oh, my God. Why am I blanking on my friend? I was just looking at one of her tweets. She's um, Martha, Martha Kelly. I was thinking Maria. Martha Kelly. It's a big difference when it's tighter quarters, little theater, you know, Coronet, Emo Phillips. That's the stuff I like. Cerebral, Ron Lynch, you know. Uh, I can tell, man. I can feel it. I'm sure comics do, right? Just intuit, not intuition, because it's more blatant than that. Just be a, have a brain. I know when I walk in a room, a showroom, before the show, when the room is empty, I know. I know I'm like, okay, okay, this is going to be, there's going to be some challenges here, there, whatever. I think they do a good job at flappers, actually. Um, the lighting is good there. In a bigger room, you need to stay on top of the audience, like quicker, harder, fill the space, or you just get better. You just get better. Smaller rooms, it comes to you a little bit more, right? It's like a play versus a movie a play when you're in a play in new york wherever live crowd you have to be bigger film and tv depending on the size of the theater with film and tv there's a camera on you picking up everything 
and you let the camera do the work, right? In close-ups, Morgan Freeman always says in close-ups, whisper, whisper your line. Okay, you're already right there in the audience's face. Let the camera and the audience figure it out. He's my favorite actor. He, 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 Robert Duvall, and probably Gene Hackman are my favorite actors. Uh, just amazing. Subtle. You know, they can play the bad guy. They all had to wait years to get their true credit. All humble. Is Tom Hanks ever going to play the bad guy in a movie? Even Paul Newman, another favorite, played the bad guy. Hudsucker Proxy, Road to Perdition with Tom Hanks. Tom Cruise played the bad guy in Collateral Damage, Michael Mann. I really like that movie. Never seen Hanks play the bad guy. Denzel Washington has played the bad guy. Uh, it's different styles that work in these different comedy rooms. Even Doug Stanhope's manager, Brian Hennigan, scouts a room for Doug before he does it. And Doug can kill anywhere. But Brian doesn't want people, little things in these showrooms. He knows he doesn't want people standing for comedy. It's not a music concert. Even though Chris Rock has done Coachella, I think he dropped 40 minutes at Coachella, which is unbelievable. Hey, I did a show at USC. A couple, I was like three years into comedy. I did a show uh, at USC, orientation, freshman orientation. If you were a freshman at SC at orientation in the fall of 2004, right before the election, then I was doing it. It went USC's band, top-notch their cheerleaders top-notch and now welcome comedian patrick Keene, top-notch and i warmed up the crowd i think i did 15 oh my god I, I can't even imagine doing that now and i was doing it then sometimes it's better when you don't know as much uh and then andrew wk and they might be giants performed and it was a long afternoon evening um anyway stan hope's manager brian hennigan yeah he doesn't want tall tables if he can avoid it it's not a bar. It's a showroom. You want people seated, invested. A lot of comics adjust to the bar show, to the larger venue, higher ceilings, vacant, empty barn-like rooms, right? Dane Cook could play a big room. It's not my style. It's fine. I don't know that people went to watch him for comedy. I think they went to watch the energy, to watch someone be big and loud over a long period of time, for a long period of time. All right, wow, there's something to this. And occasionally it's silly and there's laughs. But you, you're there for the bigness. That style, of course, you can't do in your 50s. I, well, I mean, you could, I guess, which is why we're not seeing a lot of them. I don't know, maybe he doesn't have anything left to say, not that he ever did. Again, different styles, that's all. Different styles. Um, but uh, there, I guess there were laughs for him. You know, if you're a college white girl in 2005. Uh, whatever. Successful. Uh, I, I should work with him. I should give him jokes and just let's work together. And you can teach me how to be big and I can maybe teach you how to write quick jokes that don't have to involve... Blah, blah, like, oh my God. Sh oh. You know? You guys ever fold a chair? You know when you fold a chair? It's just like... Brr. Okay, San Diego Comedy Store is a great club as well. The La Jolla. It's called the La Jolla Comedy Store. Uh, the LA Comedy Store belly room is great. The main room is okay because it's dark. I know it's big, but it's dark. It, it, it kind of has a cage feel, which is nice. But it's still big, and you can lose, get lost. And that's The original room, 
at the comedy store is death. That's absolute death, especially when the lights are on. They can do lights on, lights off. You want lights off. Um, I don't think I would touch that room again unless I got big and could grandfather my way in there because I was so relieved when Seinfeld and Shanling were talking in Comedians and Cards Getting Coffee when they were saying that they both had anxiety just being there in the daytime. They drove by and they were talking and they were talking about that specific room because it wasn't... Yeah. Um, but look, some great comics figured out how to play that room too. So, Irvine Improv is great. Front section, overly lit, I think. But what are you going to do? I guess servers need to see and that's they're making money. Bray Improv, great. Both uh, Irvine and Bray Improvs are relatively new. I have no problem with the old ones, but uh, the new ones are great. Ontario Improv, Oxnard Improv, they're a little like barn, a little big, a little, little spacious, a little vague, a little general, a little like, if you're not a big name, you know, we're not going to give you the subtlety. Like, we're just, we're just here to make money. So it's a little less attention is paid towards the layout of those rooms. Kind of weird spacing in the front. Pittsburgh Improv has that a little bit. Um, Right. It's, it's cleansing boy. It's you really feel naked in like Pittsburgh improv, Oxnard, Ontario, maybe not Oxnard. Let's say Ontario and who gives a shit. Okay. But man, Pittsburgh improv and Ontario improv, you're out there. It's like a weird, it's like doing comedy in the round, but it's just the half, but it's overly lit. You're kind of right there at people's tables. And I don't know. And there's a couple rooms in New York like this too. I remember. Um, look, we're going to do a show, Gary, Steve, and I, I think, in the upcoming months at the baseball stadium in Elsinore, the minor league club, the Thunder. All right, that's going to be work, a baseball field. All right, that's outside. Comedy jokes, can, communication, words, feel, that's all escaping in the ether. There's a lot of activity between the audience and the performer in a situation like that. There's a backstop, a fence, or a net. You know, you have distance. They're far away. You have other people that the audience is going to be staring at you know there's too many distractions all right that's a show where you really have to stay in the pocket because momentum and laughter is not going to carry you to the next joke in those shows situations sisyphus right after every joke you're rolling that rock right back up the mountain you're building again you're there's not going to be a wave sometimes a show is so good the audience just carries you from that first joke till you're closer um, and look, there are comics who are beyond it and great. I'd love to get there. And I think I, I feel like I'm getting there. I feel like I'm getting to a point where I'm like, okay, I know what this is. Uh, but there's comics who don't notice. And the comics who just are so good that they super see that, that's great. But if it's comics who don't notice, it's because they suck. And they've only ever sucked. And they only ever have known mediocrity. What are you talking about, man? The room's cool. It's a hangout. I didn't notice any difference. Well, that's because you're not in tune. You know, you're, you're not taking in energy. All right, your comb is not finely toothed. It is an unfinely toothed comb. All right. The showroom at Conan in LA where stand-up comics would perform after, I thought it was terrible in terms of lighting. The layout's a layout. It's a show. But they overly lit. Everyone in the freaking audience can see each other's faces <clears throat> there's no point of specificity so you're not really sure where the focus should be it's like oh there's the comic and there's a thousand things and maybe i'm just like a little add so i need a little more focus and normal people are like uh yeah we see that that's comic we're watching and laughing 
uh, The Tonight Show was good with Fallon for the comic. They'd go to commercial. He'd go, hey, this is a buddy of mine. This is an up-and-coming comic, whether it was true or not. And he'd get the crowd riled up as if they were starting again because they've been sitting there for an hour, hour and a half. They're a little bit antsy. They want to get out of there. Five more minutes of an unknown person. We've just seen a famous person interview two famous people with a band that's famous, and now we have an unknown. Um, they lower the lights. Okay? Late Late Show was good. They lowered the lights. Um, so anyway, yeah. Room, energy, lighting, all that stuff. Auditions, when you're auditioning, it's called room. Like, does this person, this is true, does this person give good room? All right, meaning how are they around the scene they're auditioning for? Right, not not the scene, not the acting part, but like, well, hey, how's how you doing, everybody? Good, thanks for having me. Cool, we're going to slate you. Slating, take a, you stand, say your name, turn to your right, say your name again. Um, so they have it on camera. Because they're watching you live, sometimes one, sometimes three people, sometimes five, whatever. And then it goes to producers, and then they bring in for... Okay, so, um, yeah, you want to... And when you're doing that around the scene, you don't want to be a dolt or a dud, but you don't want to overdo it either. Like, oh, good, huh? Don't stay in there too long. Do the job, get out of there. Uh, now, having said that, there are so many drips in Hollywood that sometimes they like someone overdoing it because those people have no brain or self-esteem to realize that the person is a con or is an insecure person that won't stop talking. So they're like, oh, yeah, this person seems great. Uh, but the good directors, the good casting directors, they know and they see through it. And it's such a relief when you're working with a good director, casting director, editor, <clears throat> stuff like that. I think we're going to beat 30 minutes here, are we? Oh, my God, we're well past it. Okay, wow. Okay. Um, all right, we're almost done. The whole reason I'm bringing this up is because these successful comedy clubs, as with any business, they do the little things right. Lighting, you know, I never realized how important that is, like at a party or some office or uh, uh, just a mood thing. Um, this club, they have a clock where only the comic can see it. Every comedy club should have that because uh, you get lost on time when you're up, sta up on stage. You get, you know, you're on stage, you're, you're doing well or struggling, whatever. You just, I did a cruise ship once and I was supposed to do 15. I did 25. They were like, get off, man. I was like, gladly. I wanted off. I didn't know because there was no light and you get lost. Um, this club we just did, the club, the lodging, downtown, all the same place, and the room itself is a, like, it's not hard to do. When the club and where you're staying and downtown are the same spot, it makes everything easier. It's so bad when you go to one of these cities, Schaumburg, uh, has the Chicago improv, but it's in Schaumburg, 45 minutes outside Chicago. And, and it's like, well, there's downtown you're staying over there, so you need a long ride there. And, and you don't even get to see the city. It's like, what, what are we doing here? Um, DC Improv's great. That's a great club, too, man. That's a great club. And that's in the heart of the city, too. Um, so, yeah, business. some businesses you walk into and the lighting or the furniture or plants are off. And it's like, come on, guys, a little effort here. Terrible coffee maker and just the whole scene and the layout. It's like... Get some mood in here, man. Get a little, little extra as we get older. We're not in our 20s and 30s. You ever see three guys, four guys living together? And there's like no art on the walls and it's just like minimalist living right out of college. Okay, that's okay in your mid-20s there, early mid-20s, even into your late. But man, once you're in your early 30s, let's let's get a jump on it. Cut to me if you saw my place. All right. Um, you know, these play, the trash can without a baggie in it. Get a baggie in there. 
you know, some of the stuff we're throwing away is moist, right? Pants without a belt, clean it up. Um, okay, that's enough. Uh, I've talked about this in several episodes, these these comedy clubs and different layouts. Uh, in the end, you know what? Go do comedy. Just, well, whatever your job is, go do it. Quit bitching, Keen. Just go. It's a stage. The microphone works. Go do it. Talk to them. It's a conversation, a little bit of a performance. Go do the job. I'm sure soldiers getting dropped off into battle in the past, everything wasn't lined up and exactly like they planned it out. All right, it's like, what the hell is this? This is not, you know, what we were looking at on those charts. You just got to go, right? You just got to go. The first hour, half hour of Saving Private Ryan, forget about it. No support. Mist drops all up and down Omaha and Utah Beach. It's just like, okay, where's the, there is nothing. There's nothing here. There's supposed to be backup. There's supposed to be equipment. They were supposed to rendezvous with other units. Anyway, okay. Um, so point is with this episode, I guess, attention to detail in all things. Follow up. Being present, caring, showing you care brings people back, brings customers and, and, and good people back in your lives, customers or personal life. You know, Comics want to come back. Audiences want to come back. Don't get hung up on marketing and promotion if the core of the product or service is shite, right? Um, okay, that's all. I don't even know what this episode was. Uh, I guess I was just going over my last weekend. Going, I'm almost two years in on this podcast. Poor everybody. Uh, so thanks for listening. Please subscribe. Thank you to Todd Spence at Geek Art for creating the logo, thumbnail, graphics, whatever it's called for this podcast. Just an amazing artist and man. Please subscribe, right? Keen on things. Podcast, keen of comedy on all social media platforms. Going to Austin next weekend for a long weekend. Uh, then the next show will be Saturday, February 26th in Escondido at uh, 7 p.m at bk cellar it's a winery chris williams should be good thinking with bill devlin and someone else let's do it all right have a good week take care of you and your life and your happiness uh and everything in between whatever that is right and thank you for your time sharing time uh says so much long episode sorry cheers love you bye